Sketches by Boz, Section Twenty Three. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Brad Philippone. Sketches by Boz by Charles Dickens, Section Twenty Three, Scenes, Chapter Sixteen, Omnibuses. It is very generally allowed that public conveyances afford an extensive field for amusement and observation. Of all the public conveyances that have been constructed since the days of the Ark, we think that is the earliest on record, to the present time commend us to an omnibus. A long stage is not to be despised, but there you have only six insides, and the chances are that the same people go all the way with you. There is no change, no variety. Besides, after the first twelve hours or so, people get cross and sleepy, and when you have seen a man in his nightcap, you lose all respect for him, at least that is the case with us. Then on smooth roads people frequently get prosy and tell long stories, and even those who don't talk may have very unpleasant predilections. We once travelled four hundred miles inside a stage-coach with a stout man, who had a glass of rum and water, warm, handed in at the window at every place where we changed horses. This was decidedly unpleasant. We have also travelled occasionally with a small boy of a pale aspect, with light hair and no perceptible neck, coming up to town from school under the protection of the guard, and directed to be left at the cross-keys till called for. This is, perhaps, even worse than rum and water in a close atmosphere. Then there is the whole train of evils consequent on a change of the coachman, and the misery of the discovery, which the guard is sure to make the moment you begin to doze, that he wants a brown paper parcel, which he distinctly remembers to have deposited under the seat on which you are reposing. A great deal of bustle and groping takes place, and when you are thoroughly awakened, and severely cramped by holding your legs up by an almost supernatural exertion, while he is looking behind them, it suddenly occurs to him that he put it in the fore-boot. Bang goes the door, the parcel is immediately found, off starts the coach again, and the guard plays the key-bugle as loud as he can play it as if in mockery of your wretchedness. Now you meet with none of these afflictions in an omnibus, sameness there can never be. The passengers change as often in the course of one journey as the figures in a kaleidoscope, and though not so glittering, are far more amusing. We believe there is no instance on record of a man's having gone to sleep in one of these vehicles. As to long stories, would any man venture to tell a long story in an omnibus? and even if he did where would be the harm nobody could possibly hear what he was talking about again children though occasionally are not often to be found in an omnibus and even when they are if the vehicle be full as is generally the case somebody sits upon them and we are unconscious of their presence yet after mature reflection and considerable experience we are decidedly of opinion that of all known vehicles, from the glass-couch in which we were taken to be christened, to that sombre caravan in which we must one day make our last earthly journey, there is nothing like an omnibus. 
we will back the machine in which we make our daily peregrination from the top of oxford street to the city against any bus on the road whether it be for the gaudiness of its exterior the perfect simplicity of its interior or the native coolness of its cad this young gentleman is a singular instance of self-devotion his somewhat intemperate zeal on behalf of his employers is constantly getting him into trouble and occasionally into the house of correction he is no sooner emancipated however than he resumes the duties of his profession with unabated ardour his principal distinction is his activity his great boast that he can chuck any old gentleman into the bus shut him in and rattle off afore he knows where it's a-goin' to a feat which he frequently performs to the infinite amusement of every one but the old gentleman concerned who somehow or other never can see the joke of the thing we are not aware that it has ever been precisely ascertained how many passengers our omnibus will contain the impression on the cad's mind evidently is that it is amply sufficient for the accommodation of any number of persons that can be enticed into it any room cries a hot pedestrian plenty of room sir replies the conductor gradually opening the door and not discussing the real state of the case until the wretched man is on the steps where inquires the entrapped individual with an attempt to back out again either side sir returns the cad shoving him in and slamming the door all right bill retreat is impossible the newcomer rolls about till he falls down somewhere and there he stops as we get into the city a little before ten four or five of our party are regular passengers we always take them up at the same places and they generally occupy the same seats they are always dressed in the same manner and invariably discuss the same topics the increasing rapidity of cabs and the disregard of moral obligations evinced by omnibus men there is a little testy old man with a powdered head who always sits on the right-hand side of the door as you enter with his hands folded on the top of his umbrella he is extremely impatient and sets there for the purpose of keeping a sharp eye on the cad with whom he generally holds a running dialogue he is very officious in helping people in and out and always volunteers to give the cad a poke with his umbrella when any one wants to alight he usually recommends ladies to have sixpence ready to prevent delay and if anybody puts a window down that he can reach he immediately puts it up again now what are you stopping for says the little man every morning the moment there is the slightest indication of pulling up at the corner of regent street when some such dialogue as the following takes place between him and the cad what are you stopping for here the cad whistles and affects not to hear the question i say a poke what are you stopping for for passengers sir bank tea i know you're stopping for passengers but you've no business to do so why are you stopping why sir that's a difficult question i think it's because we prefer stopping here to going on now mind exclaims the little old man with great vehemence i'll pull you up to-morrow i've often threatened to do it now i will thank ye sir replies the cad touching his hat with a mock expression of gratitude very much obliged to you indeed sir here the young man in the omnibus laugh very heartily and the old gentleman gets very red in the face and seems highly exasperated 
the stout gentleman in the white neckcloth at the other end of the vehicle looks very prophetic and says that something must shortly be done with these fellows or there's no saying where all this will end and the shabby genteel man with the green bag expresses his entire concurrence in the opinion as he has done regularly every morning for the last six months a second omnibus now comes up and stops immediately behind us another old gentleman elevates his cane in the air and runs with all his might towards our omnibus we watch his progress with great interest the door is open to receive him he suddenly disappears he has been spirited away by the opposition hereupon the driver of the opposition taunts our people with his having regularly done em out of that old swell and the voice of the old swell is heard vainly protesting against this unlawful detention we rattle off the other omnibus rattles after us and every time we stop to take up a passenger they stop to take him too sometimes we get him sometimes they get him but whoever don't get him say they ought to have had him and the cads of the respective vehicles abuse one another accordingly as we arrive in the vicinity of lincoln's inn fields bedford row and other legal haunts we drop a great many of our original passengers and take up fresh ones who meet with a very sulky reception it is rather remarkable that the people already in an omnibus always look at newcomers as if they entertain some undefined idea that they have no business to come in at all we are quite persuaded the little old man has some notion of this kind and that he considers their entry as a sort of negative impertinence conversation is now entirely dropped each person gazes vacantly through the window in front of him and everybody thinks that his opposite neighbour is staring at him if one man gets out at shoe lane and another at the corner of farringdon street the little old gentleman grumbles and suggests to the latter that if he had got out at shoe lane too he would have saved them the delay of another stoppage whereupon the young men laugh again and the old gentleman looks very solemn and says nothing more till he gets to the bank when he trots off as fast as he can leaving us to do the same and to wish as we walk away that we could impart to others any portion of the amusement we have gained for ourselves. End of section 23